0: Hey, what's going on again, everybody? It's another episode of the Voices of Misery podcast. I'm, of course, the nerd, and I am very excited. If you can't tell by the sound of my voice, I have been looking for someone with the background of this next guest here, this wonderful woman who agreed to come on the show after me pestering and pestering and pestering. She finally said, you know what? I'm going to give this this poor schmuck here a break and give him an interview, and I'm glad she's here. I'm just so excited. I did not even know what to say. It's just something I've been wanting to talk about for a while. You guys know I'm really into the afterlife and, and and all sorts of things. And this woman here is an international psychic medium, Erica. Now I don't want to butcher your last name, Erica. Is it? Let me try. Is it Boost Boostar Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That sounds wonderful. Um, my husband pronounces it Busar Han. But because I'm Southern and it was really weird to try to learn how to say it and spell it, I just call it Busserhaini because that's how I learned to spell it. But Busserhaini is fun. It's all good.
0: Wait a second. You're Southern. Where are you from originally?
1: I was born and raised in Pensacola, Florida.
0: Okay, okay. I'm here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I I know you're probably missing it right now, living in in Florida. They had some really nice weather today.
1: Yeah, it's it's really um, in the place that I live in Pensacola. It's a uh, really nice place to go to the beach. So even though uh, Sanska knocked our bridge out during the hurricane, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's still it's still beautiful down here. So we have really good weather. Uh, usually not any snow or super super cold. Um, it's mostly sunshine and nice beach weather.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, listen, I am very excited to have you on the show because you are more than likely the most interesting person that I've had on the show because I've talked to a lot of people, but you by far are the most interesting. I'm very excited for this.
1: You know why I'm so interesting? Because I'm the real life Oda May for real.
0: Okay. <laughs> like the loose
1: ghost, but I think I'm better looking actually.
0: Uh, you know, I can see this kind of picture, and I can definitely co-sign on that, people. She is definitely better looking than Whoopi Goldberg, trust me. I still now,
1: love her, though, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so when did you realize that you had a gift for just being a, a psychic?
1: Well, I come from a family of a lot of psychic people, but specifically women, so it was um, kind of like an inherited thing. My witchery runs are in the vein,
0: I guess. Now, is this more exclusive to women being a medium? Because I do notice that, you know, when you see mediums on TV, they're mostly women. Is there something to that? No, I think,
1: honestly, that we're all kind of psychic. Um, There's a lot of people in medical fields and law enforcement specifically that are very mediumistic and psychic. They just are more logical with it and try to dismiss it and say, oh, no, it's just those women feeling those feelings and having those that blue sense or those flashes of things or that gut instinct. But I believe it 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 runs deep on both sides. But because women are more emotional, maybe technically hormonally, um, we tend to tap into it and realize it more.
0: What is the secret to tapping into this? Is, is it just having an open mind? Because you said everyone has the ability for this. What is it that would keep someone from not maybe utilizing that ability?
1: Well, it could be a lot of things that keep people from staying or coming out of the psychic closet. I think for most bullets stuff being crazy or being deemed the witch, um, but sometimes it's just scary. You know, a lot of people have watched movies like The Exorcist and um, a lot of these other scary movies. That they're like, I don't want none of none. Keep them spirits over there. And being that I'm African-American, even in my community, you know, I, I meet a lot of people like me, and they're like, girl, we ain't having nothing to do with that voodoo. And then I try to explain to them, you know, I was born this way, so are you. Um, it's not really voodoo. It's not anything negative. It's just an innate. And so what to answer your question, I think – You know, most people have to learn to open up, and when they see things, they have to acknowledge it, and you can kind of exercise through meditation and other things to kind of train your brain to recognize it more, but everybody dreams, and being psychic in a way is just like having a dream. Um, You still get flashes of information in the dream. We just learn to harness it and make sense into the reality to get information.
0: What are some misconceptions when it comes to people being psychic? You would think that, like, you can see into the future, you can, you know, pick the winning lottery tickets, you'd be able to tell who's going to win the Super Bowl this year, stuff like that. Or, like, what are some? Uh, misconceptions?
2: Yeah, there's that whole ring
1: thing, you know, like if you're psychic and you know why can't it? Why is it pseudoscience per se? Um, I think, like, I have won lottery before, so, I, you know, I always started out there. I've won lottery, so I'm psychic, and I've won the lottery. Um, I can't read people's minds um, because I think that that um, invades their personal spiritual space. Um, we're all guarded, protected energies, and so it would not be in the highest good for me be, to be able to read your mind um, because it invades your personal space. And so we have this fine line um discernment that we walk through, intuitives. So um, that's one of the reasons. Um, One of the other misconceptions is that psychic ability has to do with some type of psychic religion or some kind of ritual type of things. There are just so many, you know, that we tell Mm -hmm. the future. We're fortune tellers. Mm -hmm. Not everybody does that, but there are some people that do well at predictions or precognitive Um, I just primarily am more of a psychic medium with the dead people. Um, I don't do predictions as much. Um, I do precognitive. But everybody has what I would call the clairs at some degree, the clairsentient, well, to see, to hear, to feel, to smell, to taste. Um, All of those are our senses. We just supersize them when we're psychic and we learn how to use them better.
0: Okay. Now you started this. Now you, you said it was kind of like passed down. It's a generational thing. It's through your family. Like you come from a long line of, of mediums. How old were you when you figured out that this was something that you could do yourself? How, like, how did you figure that out?
1: Well, you know, I have different stories. Um, you know, I, I kind of recalled in kindergarten sitting next to this girl named, um, I believe her name was Christina or something like that. And I was trying to find out why she was so sad. And so she told me some things that, you know, I didn't understand at the time. But I just intuitively knew something was wrong with her. And then I back to um, when Dr. Spence died, my mom's boss. Um, He was a dentist. Um, And I remember seeing him sitting on my bed after we went to his funeral. And he was talking to me. And I didn't really understand that he was dead at the time, even though Technically, I went to his funeral because um, I was young. And, you know, throughout college, um, it, it's just been different things. And then the realtor, the lovely Jack Laura in Pensacola, ended up selling me a haunted house. <laughs> so I went full force psychic then because I was. By these dead women. Um, so that's when I kind of like turned full force out of the psychic closet. But it started when I was very young. I think we call it Empathy. Um, Children just sense things, but I didn't really realize how strong my abilities were until later on, I guess, especially in college.
0: Okay, so growing up in this, you probably, the first time you saw, like, a dead person, were you, like, a child or were you an adult, a teenager? Like, can you describe that first moment where you saw something that you were like, wait a second, this isn't normal, this isn't real, or just something that you had to kind of tap into your... Uh... Your inner medium.
1: Yeah, I I can't really recall a specific age, honestly.
2: Okay.
1: Like, I would look at the sun outside, and Mm -hmm. I could see, like, rainbow energy stuff all around it. And, you know, it wasn't until later on I was talking to some friends of mine, and they didn't understand what I was talking about. Um, so further, furthermore, I felt I was crazy. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I would always see shadow people um, in the apartment that my mom lived in. And I didn't really understand at the time they were dead people. I just knew that I was scared. I was an only child and I was in there by myself. And, you know, there were noises in the attic. Then I saw the Exorcist movie. Then I got real scared of everything. And then I think I just shut it off until... Um, later on in college but I could always say that I did see shadow figures but I was kind of running from them in the house and playing like um, music all the time and I I remember that I remember I saw a shadow figure and then I listened to the devil went down in Georgia Um, it came on the radio and I was freaking out (laughs) I was so scared Um, but you know and so after I saw the exorcist I thought the shadows were devils or demons and I was so afraid of them and I think they went away for a long time
0: now, was there any prep work as far as, um, like, like, your family telling you, like, hey, you're going to see some things and maybe not talk about them to other people because they might think certain ways about you. They may think you're crazy. They may judge you. Did they ever have that conversation with you, like, maybe keep the skip the secret for now? No, my
1: crazy mom played with the Ouija board. I mean, come on. She Ooh. talked to dead people. Um, when we were little, me and my cousin, we'd sit around afraid. And we didn't know. We thought she was playing a game, honestly. Um, And it wasn't until, like, I went to high school, I found all these books that my mom had. Um, you know, it it was more about, like, meditation and how to talk to dead people. And I guess she was doing her own research, um, trying to do her own thing on the slide. And we didn't really know that that's what she was doing when she was talking to the Ouija board. And she had divination stuff. And I threw, I I remember I watched the movie Witchcraft. um, Mm -hmm. And then I went in there, and she had put all that stuff away. It was like, you know, she had remarried and everything. And I went and found all that stuff and threw it in the trash. um, Because I thought it was of the devil. (laughs) And and I didn't want her to go to hell. So I, I threw it all away. And she still rags me about that to this day, about throwing her antique wonderful Ouija board away in her panchet and
0: all that other stuff. Are Ouija boards real? I've never gotten a chance to play one. I never got the chance to play with one. And and I'm of the mindset of like, you know, I'm not sure if this stuff's real or not. I'm very open minded to it all. But I just don't want to take that chance because I don't want something latching on to me, you know what I mean?
1: Okay, so this is the thing with Ouija boards. And and I laugh about it because, you know, um being a medium A Ouija board is no different from tarot. A Ouija board is no different from a crystal ball. A Ouija board is no different from a pendulum. It is still a divination tool. So if you're using it to connect to a spirit, um, the Ouija board is no worse or no better than the tarot. It's the same concept. I think the Ouija board gets a bad name because of misinformation and movies that kind of made everybody scared of it. But, you know, you could summon something using and they know how to open it and close it, and they know how to cleanse the cards and stuff. But it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, I do seances without a Ouija board, but you can do a seance with the Ouija board, too. Um, you know, it's it's I can connect with spirits um, with tarot. I can connect with spirits like I did the other day in my living room. Um, by throwing stones on the floor. It, it's it's just all whatever you want to use it to, as a divination. The danger is real, yes. Um, knowing what you're doing is very important. Being in a good state of mind, a good location, um, not just calling out to anything and everything, you know, there, there are guidelines. But, yeah, the, re, the Ouija board and the fact that we know it could be negative or positive is real.
0: OK, that's now I it makes me even more afraid <laughs> to buy one because I was looking on eBay and I saw one the other day. And I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do it because I just don't want to take that chance. It's just that whole skepticism thing about it. You know, like I just I, I just don't want something to attach itself to me since you're on the show. I, I, I do have a, a question for you because I'm a big fan of horror movies, right? Uh huh. I want to ask you, are there any horror movies that kind of got it right as far as the afterlife goes? Because there's so many out there that show what the afterlife is. Are there any of them out there that are, like, that, like you as a medium that can speak to dead people, I can see dead people? Are there any that are just like, all right, that one did it, or that one, you know, is pretty legit?
1: (sighs) Let me think. Um... Yeah, that's a good question, but I don't think I'm going to be able to answer that because I can't think of a horror movie like right now that would like mm-hmm. legitimately be. But I will tell you, Ghost, um, the ending of Ghost is very kind of true, you know, in some capacity. Um, I, I think that I have seen movies that deal with demons and, you know, all of that stuff. Sometimes that can be blown out of proportion, not that they don't exist. But when I get calls from people all around the world about, you know, three scratches at 3 a.m., um, dead time, and all this other nonsense, um, a lot of times what I'll do is remote view the home and see if there's anything there from my location in Pensacola. And a lot of times it's really nothing there. It's it's, it's either uh, attention-seeking behavior, a lot of that, or if it's just a misunderstanding, it could be somebody else deceased. But... Um, I wanted to um, also mention something that might be interesting to you about the Ouija board. Mm -hmm. We did an investigation here Mm -hmm. in Pensacola. We didn't use a Ouija board, but we still got a negative spirit. And we were using ghost hunting equipment. So that Mm -hmm. is also kind of like a Ouija board that a lot of people use. So I just wanted to throw that out there, too, that, you know, sometimes people think the Ouija board is so bad. But if you're using ghost hunting equipment, I mean, you're on the same page,
0: literally. What's that? Now what's three scratches at three a.m. because because like that I've never heard of that. What is it?
2: Well, it's it's
1: something like um, I know paranormal state when it was on television. You know they did a dead time thing it was three a.m. in the morning, and so the belief system is that it is the time that the the veil is thin. Um, comes through but the other world can come through at any time but it's when a, because a lot of people saw that um, and it has something to do with Christ and when he um, was killed and resurrected I believe also but um, it it has been like a time where when people call they seem to want to stamp everything happens at 3 a.m. like that's what it's like it's almost become like a thing well it happened to me at three something in the morning and I'm thinking really You know, I'm a skeptic. Oh, my God, I'm terrible. Um, And so I will like be like, "Mm, I'm not feeling it. Do you have a cat? Yeah, uh, it's probably your cat. (laughs) Because I am. I'm, I'm a terrible skeptic.
0: Well, that's a good thing because some people out there are just trying to sell fear, and you see a lot of that now in politics and just the world in general, and some people will, will prey on people's gullibility in order to, to sell them a product, and it's good that you're being like, hey, you know what? It's probably your cat. It's probably not a ghost because that's honesty, and I think people appreciate that when you come to them and tell them like, no, nah, it's probably nothing, so I, I, I think that's really cool, and and it just proves that you're legit with everything, you know, and It's it's just really cool that that you would tell someone that because there's so many people out there just trying to just screw with people, basically.
2: Well, I
1: see it happen a lot of times with families and children. I mean, children, my background is psychology. My background is child care facilities. And then I went into um, full-time psychic medium. So there are times when, when parents... Will call me because their child is being um, bothered by something, you know. And a lot of times I'm able to help, but then there are times when the family has created a delusional fear in this child because, you know, it, it's almost like it's programmed in them. So I have to say to that mom, look, there's nothing going on in the house. Um, you need to stop enabling this behavior because this is this is either. Attention-seeking or this is something that needs to be seen by a psychologist, but I'm the real talk that's going to tell you that where other people would probably say, hey, send me $500 and let me roll on your back and cure it. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just not down with that.
0: Now, let me ask you this because we did mention cats briefly earlier, like, oh, it's probably your cat. Is there any truth to animals seeing things and like babies that will just stare off into a corner of the room and reach out for things that you can see as an adult? Is there any to that? Because my dogs will, like, stare at, like, a corner of a ceiling. Like, what the heck are they looking at? And they freak me out.
1: Yes! Animals are so intuitive. Um, and don't even just think fish. Like, every, every sense. Um, fish, <laughs> snakes, dogs, cats. Um, I think cats, though, seem to be a little bit more intuitive, where I feel dogs are more guardian um but cats sense like bad spirits better I, I believe from my personal opinion and also dogs sense them too but they're more of a protector cats be like oh i see it you know they might flee but they ain't gonna try to save you <laughs>
2: <laughs> they don't <make> a shit.
1: <laughs> yeah they don't care <laughs> they see it and they just say hey you're on your own own basically
0: all right now i gotta ask you the million dollar question here because i know everyone out there is wondering like, when's you gonna ask this question what happens when we die?
1: Okay, that's a good question. So um, I deal with a lot of traumatic death sometimes. And um, the belief that I, that, I have and that I have had with loved ones is that when, when you die, like say you're laying in a hospital bed, Um, And you're suffering from cancer, let's just say your, your physical body is there. Okay, but you're able to what I would call astral travel. This is even why you're living, you're able to astral travel to like, say, maybe your daughter in, in Canada, or your daughter in California, and you're able to say something to them, like, call or, you know, have a sense of peace. Our warmth are, you know, it's just the overall feeling that, hey, dad is laying in this bed, but he's here with me right now. So you're able to astral travel to loved ones. You're able to communicate with them through dream state um, and also, uh, you know, right there present with them. You're able to go back in your body and lay technically spirit back in that bed. When you die, um, you're above looking down at the room. And that's why a lot of people can show you um, in out-of-body experiences kind of like what they saw um, and see their body laying in, in the bed because they're technically, their spirit is not in that body. So when you die, your relatives, um, it it depends on who it will be to come to you, but they usually show up. So you see dead people usually saying, oh, I see mom, or they point, you know, or not dead people, as they're dying, they might start calling out that they see people in the room and getting afraid. Those people are there to to transfer them or to to carry them on to the other side. So that's what happened. Now, what happens when you get to the other side? Um, there is a sense of heaven and hell. To me, it's in layers. Um, so there is like this third, it's like a multi-dimensional kind of thing. We're, we have heaven here, too on earth because they come down to us every now and then and, you know, interact with us. They're not far away, like in another planet where they can't come back. They come back all the time.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I want to also mention too, like in suicides, cause I deal with a lot of traumatic deaths, like car accidents, suicides and family members are always concerned. Did that family member suffer? And so again, the same thing, that physical body is there but that spiritual body goes out of body just like um, fight or flight um, prior to that trauma. So family members kind of come get you. And that's why I say Ghost is kind of on the money as far as the dead scene where there's that physical body and the guy's coming out um, mm. of the physical body and walking around and looking at his body standing or, or laying there on the ground. Now, when the bad people carry them away, <laughs> that's kind of different, but um, it is is—it is a very realistic view of how death is from what I've been shown and told.
0: Now, i use used that analogy quite a few times on the show where I talked about ghosts, and that's how I've always wanted the afterlife, because I don't know what to believe yet. And if I did have a perfect vision of what the afterlife would be, that would be it. Now... This is a question I, 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 I hope you can answer this one for me, because as someone who can see and talk to dead people, you would imagine that spirits get very lonely because a lot of people can't see Like I think about the movie Ghost and the part where Patrick Swayze is trying to talk to people on the streets and no one can see him. They're walking through him. They're walking around him and no one can see him. You being someone that can see and talk to spirits, have you ever found that like they're like, Oh my god, someone to talk to? And they just talk your head off and just don't like leave you alone or like are they around you right oh, now yeah. you doing this?
1: Hell yeah. Well not right now, but they're like I can't I can go to Walmart. Yeah. Or Dairy Queen. I mean, any place I go, I'm gonna be interacting with something dead because your 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 family or your friends will be around you. It's like I see that I'm a light in darkness, and so it's. I don't think that they follow me around like I'm a beacon, but I think that they um, take opportunities to make me have goosebumps and make me feel like I know the person, so I'll strike up a conversation with them because I'm really social, and then all of a sudden I'll start seeing like a death or, you know, hearing somebody tell me something and then there it, it starts. But yeah, I think that your loved ones go out of their way to give you closure and let you know that they're okay, give you messages of love. That can be through someone like me or that can be through your own interactions, your own synchronicities, um, your own signs that you their encounter every day. That Sometimes we don't pay attention to, but they're definitely there.
0: Have you had any that are really persistent? That that are just like so happy just to be able to talk to someone that can talk to someone for them? Like maybe a like a husband who who got murdered, or maybe someone who just had just had some kind of traumatic death and they want to give a message to their spouse. Are there any that are just really persistent? They're like, hey, please, 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 t- tell them this, tell them that, tell them this, tell them that, and it's like constant. Where you're like, hey, relax, leave me alone. Like these okay. are my hours of operation.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I have a I have a lot of people that I know on Facebook. So there was this one girl she had posted something about um this guy rest in peace. And all of a sudden I was seeing the guy and I was in his house and he was telling me that I needed to talk to his wife and I was like no I'm not going to do that because I because of discernment, you know, I always I always tell people don't go where you're not invited. Don't mm-hmm. go trying to track people down to give messages to them because that's ego for me. It's like, "Ooh, look what I can do." Um, and so he persisted. Yes, he did. He was a firefighter too. So I, I kind of listened a little bit more to him and <clears throat> I reached out to his wife on Facebook and just, you know, basically sent her a message. And I told that, that in common friend, because me and this lady were not friends, um, I had shot her a screenshot of what I had sent to the wife and told her to find it. She'd have to look for it under request. And so later on um you know I helped her a lot. And so there are times that yeah they'll go out of their way um to get messages to me or other mediums and sometimes we'll deliver them, sometimes we don't. Um I remember I was in Walmart one day and there was a guy standing next to me um and I was buying some fishing gear cuz I was going to take my boys out fishing. And every time I go someplace it's like my husband, my two boys will say, "Oh my god, mom, not now, not now" cuz it happens so much. I mean, it's like go to a restaurant and make the waitress cry because I see her dead grandmother behind her. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this particular guy had, he was, uh, he was, he was with, he, actually he was here from another state, I can't remember, I think New Jersey, and he had come down to visit his son and the only thing I said to him was that it's going to be okay. I know what's wrong. Um, it's going to be okay. You have angels watching over you and a lot of people praying for you. And he started crying because he did not understand how I knew he had cancer and he was dying, and that he had come here to spend time with his son, and he couldn't tell him. And I said, "You have to tell him." And so it was just one of those moments that changed me. I mean, it's it's just like I don't know. It's just those moments that I guess spirits kind of send me a nudge to kind of say something to help someone um, or send the message to him and. Um, You know, I don't know if he's dead now, but I know that I encouraged him to tell his son so that his son could spend the rest of, you know, the time that he had and and not knowing and be surprised. Because I've talked to people on the other side that didn't know that their family was sick. And and it's like it's, it's heartbreaking because they feel like they missed so many moments and times and things that they didn't say um and so you know that kind of thing so I shared that with him and and I think he was moving and so was I so that was a really good time that I enjoyed where spirit just made me say hey grab this guy and talk to him he might think you're crazy but okay it's not going to be the first and it won't be the last
0: now what do these spirits look like do you see them in their final moment like let's say if someone got their head blown off like would you see them that way or would you see them the way that like, a, as adults, or would you see them in their final? Like, I, how, how do they look? Because I've always been curious about that.
1: Okay, so let me tell you. One time at band camp. um, Yeah, so <laughs> initially when I first saw somebody get killed like that, that scared the shit out of me. And I was like, don't y'all ever show me that again. And so since then, they never do. Um, I have seen some traumatic stuff, but it's usually like I'll feel, instead of showing me... I don't wanna talk about it. Well, one time I saw this um this knife. Oh my God. <laughs> I saw a knife stuck in a in a lady's eye. Oh my god, it traumatized me. <clears throat> it, it happened here locally. A son I shouldn't talk about this, but a son I was doing a gallery. Okay. A gallery is like a group reading. Mm-hmm. And it's like all these random people I don't know. So I was going into this front of this lady and I saw this lady laying on the floor in a kitchen. She had a knife stuck in her eye, and I freaked out in front of I don't know how many people, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what is that about? She says, oh, my God, that's that, and she was telling me who it is and blah, 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 and I was like, I need to take a break because I had to go regroup. Um, So stuff like that, they don't normally show me, but I don't know why they had to show me that and freak me out, but um, it's mostly like I'll, I'll feel like a gunshot, I'll see like the stabbing um, if it's a car accident, I usually feel like they're they're eject they're like they're ejecting out of the car. They're hitting something. They're turning left. They're veering. It's like I see it in slow motion, but I don't see the blood or the body or the trauma stuff. Um, they kind of hint to it, um, like when somebody blew up one time, like in, in oh. war. I saw the blow up, but I didn't see the the body parts fly. Um, i have seen like fire, but not the body. It's kind of, they show me enough to know what it is, but they <laughs> spare me gross. I, think I could deal with
0: it. Now I see here that you've helped out in, in legal situations. So you've helped solve crimes and, and bring closures to the families after their deaths. Does what you say hold up in court and like what kind of trials or like what kind of situations have you been in where you had to help solve, solve a crime? And would that hold up in, in, in a court of law?
2: Uh, actually,
1: yeah, I was subpoenaed. Um, the most recent one was <clears throat> I was subpoenaed by, oh, this is like probably my favorite one because I hate child molesters. Um, I was reading a lady one time and I saw her child being abused. Um, and so I had a lady um, let me talk to the child and it was true. And we went to the sheriff department. Um, I was subpoenaed as a psychic, and how did I know? It was just some bull. But anyway, he got convicted, so I was happy about that, and I was right. And um, to that attorney, um, he said to me, what, what um, credentials do you have to even question this child? And I said, well, if you know anything about my history, you'll realize I had a child care facility, two of them. And if you want, I can submit you all this documentation that I have about forensic this and this and that. And so... I guess that dude decided to plead because <laughs> okay. he didn't stand a chance. Okay. Yeah, there was other evidence, too. But, yeah, it was just that. But, I mean, yeah, there have been times, like, I've tried to help with families, um, some local cases here, some things nationally. Um, Samira Watkins was probably, I think, one of the, the most painful cases that I did. They did do a documentary or several documentaries on her, and I think one of them featured me. Um, or two of them featured me as a psychic they told her she was pregnant, that she was going to die and all this other stuff and and somewhat helped find her body but Mm -hmm. they kind of played me as a Miss Cleo from the islands which was nothing like me said I was was a tarot reader it was just a whole bunch of craziness but yeah (laughs)
2: that's how they do
1: uh, (laughs) psychics I guess on television they make us become Miss Cleo (laughs) from the
0: island honey child you better leave that boy alone you know 2.99 per minute get your parents permission (laughs) oh goodness no no i want to ask you about astral projection because i do believe that there's a lot of truth to that because sometimes if you have a like a really crazy dream where you're talking to someone they haven't talked to in forever and there's other situations too where like you're falling off a roof or something and you wake up and your body like jerks or jolts or whatever i really do feel like dreams are where they would happen and that's the only time where your mind is free to just kind of roam or go wherever you want to go and it, it it just roams freely and i think that's kind of untapped potential is there any way that you can like teach someone to do that at will or is that something that just happens in your subconscious when you're sleeping yeah.
1: There's some really good free um, YouTube videos that um, that I've used, you know, just to kind of like do it, too. But I liked Victoria um, hip. I think it's hip talk dot com. Um, she has a astral travel hypnosis that I really liked because she laid you in a bed and she made all your limbs turn to steel and she spun you out of your navel up into the air and then she
0: worked you. For,
1: Say that one more time.
0: That doesn't sound pleasant.
1: Oh, it it was cool cuz you literally could feel your soul or uh, I guess your spirit body kind of spin out of your navel and the whole concept of the navel was to remember that you were still attached to the body and mm-hmm. so you could come back at any time. Um it, it was like you're at a therical cord coming out of your navel. So it was really cool. Um but, yeah, I wanted to ask you, too, because, like, since you've been talking and I was just curious about this, like, do you live in a, two, a two-story a two location?
0: No, ma'am. Here in South Carolina, the location I'm in now is, like, a really um, flood-heavy place. So they don't give us basements. They don't give us a, a, an upstairs. Downstairs is just one floor.
1: So one floor. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Are you in a, a location, like, with tan floors or, like, wood or anything like that?
0: All oh, right, you're starting to freak like me out. Here, right now. Where you're you starting are. to freak me out a little bit. I am. I, I, am.
1: <laughs> I was seeing like this white Okay, let me finish. Cool. So I was like I was like when you were talking, like I do this sometimes, it's crazy. I don't know if you got a blue shirt on too. But that'd be cool. Um I was like seeing this white table, like plastic, I don't know why. And then I was seeing them tan like some tan floors. So do you have any of that in your room?
0: I do have tan floors, yes.
1: But not the white table.
0: No, no, well, not not in this room. No, like not the room that I'm in.
1: Okay. No,
0: but what? it's classic.
2: Okay.
1: okay. All right, all right. I'll I'll see if I I tune out again on you. <laughs> <laughs> I just started to tune out on people and seeing stuff.
0: <laughs> oh, you don't want to get in this head. Trust me, there's a lot of crazy things that go on in here. Oh, now, let me ask you about about bad spirits. Have you ever come across a, a spirit or a ghost that just scared the shit out of you? Like someone, like, like you just block them out. You just like, you don't even want to deal with them. Just like a sinister being from the other side. Have you seen any of that?
1: Oh, gosh, yeah. We, had a, we did this episode we called Curse Cliffs, um, and we're going to release it soon again. But we went to this place, in Pensacola called the Bay Bluffs. In the, uh, It's like Bay Bluffs. And so it's, it's a place where a lot of people back in the day used to go and just walk around and kind of park and do things. <clears throat> it was also a cruise site um, back in the day, and everybody went there to the chimney. It's famous. Um, and so people would often do things like go and rob people. So there was a lot of You know, there was a lot of sinister stuff going on there. People would go and try to take advantage of, you know, people that were trying to meet people. Um, One person was murdered. Um, He was murdered. He was a gay male. He was murdered by two guys that tried to rob him. There was several deaths on the train tracks because there are train tracks near it um, with suicides. There was a guy who got shot in the head by a cousin. It was some kind of love triangle thing going on. Um, There's like so many deaths that have occurred at this location. So our crazy paranormal team, Second Sight Paranormal, um, decided to go out there and I kept seeing shadows and I was telling them, we got to get out of here. Black girl got to go. So one of my friends, Richard, who's on the team, who is like the daredevil, I'll go. Don't worry about it. Let me, I'm not scared. Well, he got scratched. He got almost pulled in a in a in a big old like hole where he was walking. And I told him to stop that, that guy's trying to make you fall. And he kept walking in the dark. And there's this big pit he almost fell into. Um his hat jumped like I'ma say at least three inches at a table. Mm i'm mean, on a, on a i mean one of my girls house flooded that night another girl lost her keys my car wouldn't start the next day it was so much stuff that happened i got scratched literally when i was taking a bath um it, it was just some crazy stuff so we all had to do what we would say a lot of cleansing to get rid of it and i still blame richard because he was the one who started uh you know like trying to antagonize spirit. So in that lesson, I would just say, as you interact with the spirit world, know that they're always bad and good and make sure you don't try to engage in it. Or um, you see people on television, like if you're there, show your presence. Don't do that stuff. Don't do that. <laughs> it is real. Very real.
0: Now, how do you help someone? And is it possible to help someone cross over? How do you get rid of a spirit? Do you just give them their final wish? Is there is there anything that gets rid of them that just helps them go and move on?
1: Okay. I'm, I'm so glad you asked me that question because I, I hear of these mediums all the time talking about, I'm going to go in your house and rid you of that spirit. Or, you know, like we're Ghostbusters, we're going to get rid of. First of all, we have free will, so do spirits. You, you're not going to be able to get rid of a spirit. Um, unless it wants to go. Um, So when people go in there and like, you know, talking about they're going to cleanse the house like culture guys, that's a fallacy. Um, What what a medium can do is either remote view the location and see if there's anything there and see if they can talk with that spirit and see why the spirit is. Um, A lot of times you'll go into a place and it has residual energy. So you're not going to necessarily get rid of it. Um, What you're going to do is teach that family and that spirit to coexist and ask that they will. Um, And sometimes they will go because they don't need to be there anymore. Um, And that's the case where you say they've cleansed the house. That spirit is is had. They have made peace with the spirit, not offered them anything um, primarily, but just kind of acknowledge them, talk with them, ask them to go. And explained, you know, why they need to go, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, if not, they ask them to coexist. But yeah, I mean, spirits have free will, so they—it's not like, hey, I'm going in there and I'm going to clean house. That—that's—that's that's, that's the biggest fallacy ever.
0: What about when spirits die? Are they tied to that location where they died, or that place that they died? Like, if I die to my house, am I stuck there in my afterlife, or can I roam freely like Patrick Swayze did?
1: My grandfather was flying over uh, in Ireland when he was in the hospital bed. I was flying with him because he could show me it visually. No, you're not stuck there. If you want to be there because you want to haunt the house because you lost your house, like that lady did in Milton, and she wanted to haunt the house because... Uh, She lost it. Yeah, she was there and she haunted the house and she's probably still there haunting the house. But usually you have no stake in the environment that you're in. You have no stake in the grave that you're buried in. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go to heaven um, or or paradise or however you want to call it. You're going to want to go there because it's freaking awesome. You're not going to want to stay in a specific location. Now, you might come back to your your family home, especially when your loved ones miss you. Um, Or you might have a child that's going through something and you feel like you need to go in and give them words of comfort or feelings of comfort. It's like goosebumps. Everybody says that. Or you might send signs to them like red birds, cardinals, um, bluebirds, butterflies. Um all kind of things, um but they they're not you would not be stuck at that location now unless you chose to be
0: now, what about like how do these ghosts like live I mean well not live obviously they're dead, but um, do they feel like hunger, do they feel emotion, do they need sleep or are they just constantly on the prowl? what happens to them like do okay. they
1: um, okay, so I know that I am fortunate that I have had some spirits um, but one specifically by the name of Chase, um, who recently helped me with a young lady who was having an issue here um, he showed up and told me some wonderful things about her to help her um, maybe saved her life but um He chooses to be around and help. So you have a lot of spirits that are walking among us, kind of like his guardian angels, per se. (laughs) Um, They choose to do that. So that's kind of like the job, per se, that they're doing that. Um, There are others that are not here on this plane of Earth. They're in, in heaven. And I believe heaven has a similar, it's kind of a similar world, like the world that we live in now. They have all the things even better that we have. Um, So it's almost like they're just in another, they're in a a different dimension. And that dimension starts on earth and goes up, up, up. But they're living their best life, just like we're living our best life here. Um, And they have all the things that we have here, but uh, supersized. They have emotion. Um, As far as food and all that other stuff, I've never heard them tell me they're eating food. So I can't really validate that. But I know that they listen to music because they have sent me songs and some of the songs I've never heard before. Um, I know that they do things um, because they've shown me to tell other family members that they're dancing, that they're eating, they're cooking. Uh, Yeah, so I guess, yeah, because one was showing me they were... um, which was something that they did here on Earth. Um, So, yeah, I think they're living a dimensional life um, similar to us, just a higher vibration. And so that's one of the things, too, um, just to mention, as far as clearing a space, sometimes if it's a negative space, you can raise the vibration to make that that energy not want to be there. But at the end of the day, they have free will to to stay or go.
0: Is there anything after dying and becoming a spirit? Do they die again? Is or is it just like, okay, you're alive, like we're talking right now alive and do they die and then you become a spirit or do you become something else or is that the end of the line? So when they die, they just become a spirit and that's it.
1: Okay. So a lot of people have asked me, you know, like if you die, is that, do you just kind of live in heaven or, or hell or whatever? Or do you come back as a rabbit? Do you come back as a fly and sit on on uh, that man's head? <laughs> but, uh, yes. <laughs> so, um, the thing that I've been told is that there are different particles of our ancestry in us, um, and that's kind of like the DNA thing. So there's a part of my great, 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 great ancestors that are part of me today. they will be a part of them um, connected to my children, and it goes on. So that's like the genetic thing. But I don't necessarily believe that we're reincarnated. So... Um, I feel that we're one soul, that soul lives on, goes to wherever it goes, but I don't necessarily feel like I'm going to come back or I have come back. I know that there are parts of me that remember things, but I connect that to particles of my ancestry or my DNA.
0: Okay, okay. Now, you are a medium. We've talked about this, obviously. And um, I want to ask you because I'm a very curious person when it comes to religion. I've had Mormons on this show. I've had Christians on this show. I've, I've had people with all different backgrounds for religion and just telling me about their experiences and what they believe in and why they believe in it. You being a person who has a direct line with the supernatural, can you definitively tell me which religion is correct? You
1: know, that is so weird because I don't think any of them are from the spiritual world. Okay. I'll tell you that I've learned to be Catholic. Um, I'm not Catholic. I'm spiritual. Um, I've learned to be Catholic because Catholics that have come back, they'll show me a rosary. They'll show me, um, you know, how to make the sign of the cross um, to let their family know that they're okay. Um, they've never really said to me any spirit has ever told me that Baptist is right. Buddhist is right, but one thing they have shown me is that love is love, and love is unconditional, and God, God in the sense of spirituality is very forgiving, because certain religions, when you commit suicide, you go to hell. I've had too many, and I'm not, I'm not condoning suicide, and I'm not saying go do it, um, but I'm just letting you know, I've had so many people that have died of suicide, come back and tell me to tell their family members and give me some crazy evidence that they're not in hell. Um, And so they've always shown me love and they've, they've taken me to a place of such peace and love that one time I was only able to go there that I didn't even want to come back home. So, and that was just in a meditation. So if that's just a taste of what heaven Um, there were no denominations there, what I saw. There was no churches. There. All of that, I think, is just man-made stuff. But I do feel like the universal thing of love um, is is a God for me. Um, that, that is a God for me, not necessarily all the spe- specifics of religion, um, because I've also seen mass murderers <laughs> that went to what we'll call heaven, which shocked the hell out of me, to be honest. Um, so... so You know, it is what it is, but that's my perception of what I've been
2: shown.
0: Now, you've talked to a lot of people and, you know, uh, alive and and, and dead. What are some of the most compelling messages that you've received from some people that have passed away and passed on?
1: Well, the whole thing about love, love is very important because there are people that die from everything, all kinds of traumas, you know, car accidents, I think, murder. Um, suicide, regular death like cancer. You know, there's times that people will, you know, give me a message like, hey, you weren't here at the time that I died. You know, I knew you were trying to get here. You were in this color car. This happened, this happened, this happened. You talked to me on this side of the bed. You whispered this in my ear. You closed my eyes. Um, but they're all messages of love. They're message, messages of forgiveness. Um, sometimes it's even downright kind of, kind of mean in a way, because I've had people say to me, like, you took all that money, <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. You know, like, um, I remember there was one lady who her dad had died and this, I want to say he was 16 years old. This guy had, um, this, his grandson had helped tinker with him on this, you know, hot rod car. And I mean, this car was worth a lot of money. It was, it was a classic. And she inherited it. I think she was the power of attorney. And she came to me and her dad said, you give him that car. And her eyes about popped out of her head because she had been busted. And he went on and on and on. And she she left the believer for real. But she came back because I guess he haunted the hell out of her. She came back and told me <laughs> like I had something to do with it. But she came back and told me I gave him the car. And I'm like, okay, I have nothing to do with him haunting you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's mostly messages of love and comfort, but sometimes it can be some real talk. I mean, it can be some words that you need to hear. Um, sometimes it's, it's life and death too. I know with Samira, it was life and death. A lady that I read the other day, it was life and death. Um, so those are some real important messages that I've given to people. Life and death, like leave this person alone because he's homicidal. He's going to kill you. And he is homicidal and kills you. There are other times that you know maybe you're in a you're in in an abusive relationship where you've had threats, and a spirit will come and say, "Hey, this guy's serious. You need to let this person go."
0: Hmm. That's crazy. I I love it. This is I am so fanboying out right now because I love this conversation. I just love talking about this kind of stuff and having an expert on the show. It's just really cool for me. I just want you to know that. And Something else even more so interesting, I think, than even being a medium and talking to dead people is the fact that you <laughs> are I, I love comic books. I'm a big nerd. Obviously, I, I go by nerd. That's my moniker here on the podcast. You have the Pensacola Comic Convention, and it, this is one of the first African-American loan comic conventions in the U.S., Can you talk a little bit about the Comic-Con that's going on and and how did that affect you this year with, you know, being a pandemic year and all this other stuff that's going on?
2: Well,
1: I started that, um, actually it kind of started in 2009 as the Circle of Life Expo. Um, and it was more of, at that time it was holistic with a little bit of paranormal. I think I brought Chip Coffee down. Then in 2010, I think we went paranormal, um, and we had different guests, um, And then we stopped, I think, in 2017, um, because at that time, I didn't, nobody knew, um, because I didn't tell anybody, nobody actually ever knew. But I I was diagnosed with polycystic kidney disease when my first son was born, or when I was pregnant with my first son, and I carried the secret for many, many years, and um, I was About 2017, I was kind of getting sick, and, uh, you know, no one really knew why I decided that I was going to not do the Comic-Con anymore, but that was really the reason. It was that I was getting sicker and sicker, and I was a one-woman, you know, mastermind. I mean, I did everything, the booking, the flights. I'm a Leo, like straight uh, micromanaging Leo, so uh, my sons expressed no interest in it, so I was like, I built this for you guys. And they were like, Mom, we're going to college. (laughs) We just don't want to do it. So we had, there was another Comic-Con that had just, you know, had started too. And I was like, I'll just pass the torch because, you know, I knew my health was about to get worse. And so that did eventually happen. Um, 2019, I got a kidney transplant. Um, And so the guy who is in me now, um, his, his organ that is in me, he visits a lot and he, um, Is very helpful. So now I joke that not only do I talk to dead people, but I literally have a piece of a dead person inside of me that maybe is helping me a lot better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, are you personally afraid of the afterlife? Being as you've talked to so many people, are you afraid of it at all? Or do you embrace it knowing how the other half doesn't live? Obviously, they don't live.
1: Yeah, honestly, like, even because I've had to face death, you know, with with the transplant and even prior to that, you know, my R, my RF levels were probably deadly, but I was still walking around here like I was Queen of Sheba and, you know, uh, Princess Warrior girl. I mean, I, I never let it, I mean, I ne- never accepted it, so I never really let it affect me or what I was doing. Um So, yeah, I mean, I never feared death because even like when I was in the hospital, I was like, if it's time to go, it's time to go. I knew that I would be okay. I knew my people had me. I knew I'd come back and haunt the hell out of some people. Um, But I think as a medium, you know, when you're when you touch the spirit world so much, you don't fear death. My only worry was making sure that, you know. Um, my children, cause I'd already told them if I come back, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to haunt the hell out of y'all and I'm going to make sure <laughs> I told them, I told them, I said, if I don't like that girl, she's going to know it. Cause I'm, I'm just going to be like doing all kind of stuff, you know, uh, whoever they date, I'm just going to scare the hell out of them. <laughs> but yeah, I've never been to fear death. Honestly, I, I am just, my friends tell me, girl, you crazy. You get yourself in the worst places and do the worst things. Now, I'm the kind of girl that walks in the woods, not looking for spiders, but, you know, I have not that fear that most people have, which is kind of bad. Um, But, yeah, I never have feared death. I always feel protected.
0: Mm. Oh, boy. Now, (laughs) I got to ask you this question, okay? When am I going to die and how am I going to die?
1: You know what? I can never answer that. And I'm going to tell you why, because when it happened to me about Samira, when they told me she was in danger to die and I saw her die, I
0: mm-hmm. made
1: them promise. Well, it happened to me too. Cause I asked them when I was going to die also. And they told me, um, which then I said, well, how can I prevent that? Cause it was, it was messed
2: up. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I did prevent it. Thank God. But, um, ever since then, like when I don't want you to ever, 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 ever give me that responsibility again, um, and so I told them to never tell me again. So I'm going to always say what I say to everybody: you're a vampire, and you will never die. You will live forever spiritually. You will for sure.
0: No, that makes perfect sense. Now, as, as as far as being someone who can see the future and 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 just kind of like talk to people that can tell you things that other people don't that, that aren't privy to that kind of information. How do you handle that responsibility that you may know something's coming, but you you can't intervene? Or do you intervene? Do you just let things happen? Or do you intervene to kind of change the course of history with certain people's lives, even your own?
1: Well, I, I think for me, it's not so much precognition set in stone. Um, a situation can be like, for instance, <clears throat> I met a lady recently in um at this hotel, and I told her, I said, I see children around you, see you in a hospital working. Um, definitely don't do, oh, 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 o- I can't even say it right now oncology. I said, don't do o- oncology, oncology. Um, she said, Oh my God, yeah, you're right, because I worked oncology um, and I didn't like it. And I said, and she's she's pre-med um I think she's about to finish actually is what she told me and I said yeah you're drawn to children more but you she said you're right you're right so I didn't change her I just helped her understand what was right for her she probably had an instinct already that that wasn't right but maybe she could have second-guessed it and been in a career that she would have hated so I think with psychics um don't and I always tell people I have clients. I say, look, when someone tells you A, B, or C, use common sense. Again, I'm a skeptic, right? So use common sense. I mean, it's your life to live. If a person tells you don't go down the street because this could happen, I'm probably the person that's going to go down the street because again, I'm just the I'm I'm the ruler of my own world, my reality, and destiny. And so, don't be a slave to the socket. Don't be mindless. I mean it's for information for you to use in your highest good. It's only a roadmap. It's not like, I mean, you're still going to live your life. When the doctor told me it's best for me not to drink sodas, um, I still drink sodas. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you're you going to die one day. I mean, so, hey, live the best life you can. Um, but I would just say in psychics, yeah, there there are some that are very precognitive. They can predict things. Um, but a lot of times your guidance is not, Set in stone, it is a map, a roadmap for the journey.
0: That's a great answer right there. And just bring it back to the psychic abilities. Why do you think some people think that psychic abilities are forbidden?
2: Well,
1: it goes to for me the biblical aspect, <clears throat> and i always use this analogy. So, if I would have wanted to give up sex, probably I could have been a nun, um, you know. Or if I wanted to preach in a church. I probably could have been a prophetic pastor, female pastor. Um, And if I would have prophesied then, it would have been okay, okay? If I were a nun and I saw visions, I would be okay because that would be of God. But I'm not any of those things. I'm just a mother, um, you know, in Pensacola that sees things. Um, When we watch pastors on television, if they prophesy or they speak to God or God speaks through them, they're hailed as prophets are there they're very um like TD Jakes I think he's a really good uh pastor he you know and and they are different pastors that are well known um but when they speak on things when they write sermons come from God but a lot of times they're prophetic they're foretelling things um they probably could do readings as well but I think the way that we're controlled by the masses is that we the the clergy, are the divinity. We show you and guide you of how to live. Um, you don't have it in your capacity to make the right decisions, so you have to look at these books, these religions to follow, and that we're going to police you to make sure that you stay within those guidelines. What I tell people is that divinity is within. You can tap into the same source they tap into to give them answers. Um, you just don't have to be a slave to the dogma. I mean, there are many ways to get there, many lifetimes. I mean, there's just a lot of religion. And I find that a little bit of closure and comfort and understanding in each path. So I don't think that that any of the paths are wrong because they're going to teach you something, whether you like them or not, it's still going to teach you something. And you have to be open to understand and find the commonality in all of them because there is definitely a commonality.
0: Are there any best practices that you can tell our listeners here that can help them unharness their intuition and just basically open up their minds and, and, and see things? Maybe talk to these people that passed away in their family bloodline themselves without having to contact a medium. Are there any like exercises that you would recommend for people to, to try on their own?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, to really get into a, a, what I would call a meditative state, um, some people do yoga, you know, um, I would say get you some lavender, if you can tolerate that smell, put it around you, infuse it in a room, um, have a purpose of meditation, either write a list or do a prayer. Um, a lot of times my prayer would be, you know, whoever I'm trying to connect with and the information of in my highest good, it'd be a prayer to be guided, it protected um you know some people uh do visualization about the white light and all that other stuff i just talk to ancestry and and god and whoever and say look you know just keep me protected as i go here and do this and um also say um definitely learn about the chakras in the sense that they're just energy centers um correlating to your hearing your taste your smell your touch your knowing learn to open those enhance them focus on them Breath work is important, too, because it helps you to, I would say, get to the happy place where you're actually listening. Um, I recommend a progressive relaxation meditation because for people that have like a jumbled brain like mine and you too, um, <laughs> regular meditations don't work because you're thinking about like everything that you got to do. With progressive relaxation meditations, they're focusing on the muscles of the body and working you from the head to the toe so you can focus on the the flex or the release of those and it's easier to get in the, the blue zone or the purple zone or whatever you zone into. Mostly me, I'm purple or blue. Once you're there, um, again, you have an intent of what you want to do, knowing that you're protected, um, ask for protection, have a purpose, come out of it with information and then start looking for Validations, looking for signs and acknowledging the signs. Pay attention to your dreams. Write your dreams down because a lot of times dreaming to me is just like being dead. I mean, you're going to get information from your loved ones during dreams as well. Um, but the biggest thing is just to ask and know that you'll start subtly receiving things and don't be so logical minded like most people are and debunk everything that you see. Oh, that's a red bird, Oh, well, it's, you know I'm living in whatever you know up north. We have cardinals all over the place, um, but that cardinal might have come just at a certain time when you were not feeling good. A lot of people talk about the one one ones, the three three threes, the two two twos, all the synchronicities of what we call you know some people call angel numbers. Sometimes I debunk them too um it just depends on the relevance at that time
0: now do now now this is gonna sound weird okay because I mean like my, my mind is blown right now with with everything that we're talking about here because I'm learning more about the afterlife than I've ever thought I could ever learn in my lifetime does death ever change somebody to the point that they're unrecognizable for instance like my dad, He passed away in 2009. Uh, He had multiple sclerosis, and he kind of degenerated over the years. And uh, when he passed away, I felt a sense of relief because he wasn't suffering anymore. Now, I remember him a certain way. Have you ever dealt with a spirit who was described to you by the person living, maybe like a daughter or son or someone, who was like, oh, my, my mother was a nice person? And then as the spirit that you connect with being the mother ha- like is just a horrible human being, like someone bitter and angry that they're dead, like they didn't know that they were dead until you told them and then they became some monster, you know? Like ha- have you ever seen that? I don't know have if I'm
1: seen... Yeah, okay, I'll give you a wonderful experience. I call him Red Truck on Mobile Highway.
2: Um
1: he is the only oh God, I'm... this is crazy. So, Red Truck on Mobile Highway. I mean, he's Google. I think you can Google him. He's 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 a legit uh, newspaper article, I'm sure. But um, I met a relative of his. I'll say, um, and I can actually talk about this. I have permission. But I met a relative of his, and I did not know anything about. When people come to me, they just say their first name or whatever, and I just focus on and make a list, and I. So I, the only thing I, like, I closed my eyes and I said blah 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 blah, and highest good, you know. And so the only thing I heard, word, b word, b word, b word, b word, b word, and I said to this individual, all I hear is that word, nothing else. I can't, you know, and I can't keep saying this to you. So I just can't read you, and I'm sorry, and you know, but before I did that, I I must say this, I saw the red truck, because this is important, I saw a red truck, I saw a guy in a truck, I saw a dog, okay, I saw a gun, and I saw the man shoot the dog, and I saw the man shoot himself in the head, and then I heard the beep, 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 and then that was it, and so I told the lady to leave, and um, so probably, I don't even know how many years later. Um, I can't honestly tell you, I don't even know, but I just remember, um, a lady presented in front of me. Um, and I, I don't, I've read so many people. I don't remember people. She sat down <clears throat> and, you know, again, I do the, in the highest good prayer and blah, blah, blah. And I saw a truck on mobile highway. <laughs> and I said, Oh my God, I saw a red truck. Exactly. I'm sure I said that exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to the lady, cause I didn't know she was, you know, who she was at the time. I said, well, that's a guy who committed suicide. Like I talked to him so long ago. I said, do you know that? And she says, I'm that lady. And I said, oh shit. Oh, <laughs> um, and then I said, well, I mean, I don't know. I said, I'll try. And it was totally different. Oh my God. He was nice. He was apologizing. He was talking about all this stuff and, and he had been like night and day because the first time when I interacted with him, many, I probably three years, if not longer, he was nothing nice. He was mean and he was, he was full of anger. He shot his dog, but that was in love. I know that's kind of weird, but, um, he, but he was so angry at this woman. He was angry. I mean, he said that B word with force, you know? He was very compassionate, loving, full of, uh, full of, I would say, resolve. Wanted to give her resolution. He, he had apologized to her for how, you know, how much she loved him. It was just a whole bunch of stuff. It was a night and day. Wow. Yeah.
0: No, I they do understand
2: it
1: because I had never I had her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They've always been love and light, but he was not love and light. Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess it boils down to the whole, like, if I can't have, no one can. And that's why people kill in the name of love, I guess. I, I, I don't know. Um, is there any way that they can atone for this in the afterlife? Can they do something to, to maybe, like, clear their name so they can get into the pearly gates afterwards? Or are they just pretty much screwed?
1: I don't even think for him it was that. he was He was surrounded by cops. Um, the story is he was surrounded by cops on mobile highway in Pensacola and he had a gun. I don't know. if I didn't, I don't know if that was had something to do with her cause I didn't get it all into that, but um, he shot his dog. He had his dog with him and he planned on doing, I guess, death by suicide cop, but he shot himself. And so for me, I think he never really left here. Like, you know, he never really wanted to go. That's how he explained it to me. He was afraid to go. He didn't want to go. He was angry. And so he made a transition at some point between the time that I met with him initially into that time. But he told me he'd been doing things like he had been around her. He'd been around family members. He saw how much they loved him. He didn't think anybody cared about him. He was going to jail. And, you know, he just he was angry. He was full of rage. I felt all of that, and he explained to me that he wanted to forgive her, and he wanted her to forgive him, and I guess he'd been working on that. I have other um, other people, too, that have done, like, I know there was one guy who had a, who committed suicide, too, who had a child pornography ring. I actually ended up talking to FBI agents about him,
2: Ooh. but
1: um, he came back with I didn't even want to talk to him, to be honest, because of the stuff that I saw, but he came back with a whole bunch of compassion and he was working to, I know it sounds crazy, but he was working on the other side to undo the damage he created because he was a victim. And I, I, I think we never see child molesters sometimes as victims first. Um <laughs> But he gave me another understanding because, I mean, I was one of those people to lock them up, put a needle in them, you know, chop it off. I don't care. But um, he gave me a different perspective about the uh, the making of this person. Um, and so, so I think that helped me too uh, in some level. But he, um, it wasn't about, I guess, working something out to go to heaven or not go to hell. It was more about I think for them, atonement of their conscious, because their vibration changes and they see everything that they've done, they see their birth up until their death. And I think they have some understanding of who they are and what they should do to better themselves and better uh, family members. And they see the trauma and the the pain that they cause. When they say your life flashes before your eyes, that's true, because I've been told that. But also everything that you did to hurt people, that is one of the strongest emotions you feel. So you do see that loved ones come back and they try to make amends and they try to heal those that they've hurt. They try to heal their loved ones. Like I've seen him show me one lady, um, she was crying on the bed wearing her husband's shirt, um, white, you know, um, dress shirt. And so he was just telling me that to let her know that he was there while she was crying. That's life changing because there's no way that I would know that, but it, it, it tells me that they're still here on earth, helping us breathe, helping them transition, um, and just around to show, uh, ways that they love us and show that love doesn't just die. It continues.
0: Now, do they always ascend to this betterment of themselves where they're basically like trying to atone for the most part? Or do you find that they have the same things that we have here, like jealousy? Because one question I've always wanted to ask is like maybe like a husband died at a very young age and the wife moves on and moves on to someone else. Do they come back and look and say like, hey, I'm happy for her. She moved on. or I'm happy for him. He moved on. Or do you find that they're more jealous and malevolent, or does it just vary by the spirit of the person who, who passed away?
1: Okay, so that's an awesome question. So I've, I've, I've always said to, like, you know, and some people in living will say, don't you ever marry again, you know. Um, but it's so <laughs> not true um, in, the, in the afterlife because they vibrationally are different and they want us to be happy. And so that flashes to David and Maria. So um, Maria's husband died. And um, I told her, you would you will meet a guy named David. He's sending you a guy named David. I don't know where it came from. She ended up marrying David. They're still married now. They're both uh, police officers or whatever, the airport police. She met him at work. And his name is David. And they've been married for many, many years. And I have had lots of people that are dead. That especially women, not so much men always, but women will find their husband another wife um, because they want them to be happy. And there is not that sense of jealousy. I haven't had it as of yet. Um, But I tell my husband, you know, I I probably probably, like that movie where like the lady is the ghost is on the ceiling looking down.
2: (laughs) I'd be that. that.
0: (laughs) that's awesome now what about when and 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 i know this one's a sensitive question here what about when 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 babies die can you talk to babies and if you do talk to an infant do they miraculously know how to speak english can they speak perfectly to you or are they stuck in that infant body
1: so that is that is uh great too because i use this term called in utero when i'm reading um Like, I'll see, sometimes I'll see um, a a child, depending on the age when they died, like if they're six, I'll see them as, like, six as far as in height, Um, but sometimes I'm just told by spirit in utero, times one, times three, whatever. Sometimes I'm just told in utero, not times an amount, and what that usually means is a person has miscarried a child or lost a child, you know, through abortion or whatever, and... They usually can tell me the sex of the child, so that's really cool. like I'll hear a boy in utero, a girl in utero, um, and I'm able to tell the the mother that, and sometimes the dad too, because just recently I told the dad, "Hey, you have you know x amount of children in utero, one child actually, and he knew that, and it was very tearful for him because you know, he knew about that child, but this was a long, long time ago. And he didn't know that that child was still connected to him spiritually. And I tell them they don't stay babies. That's a misconception too. Um, You're you're looking at a young man, you know, he's tall as you. Basically, he had brown hair. He was a good looking guy. Um, and he grew up. He's not still a little cherub baby like, you know, they paint in the in the um in art um it's a real grown big guy and so babies that are are miscarried and whatnot that are in utero for me grow up and so I call them kind of guardian angels and there are times that children um will sense their siblings that have not come out of mom around them and so you'll see uh like in your house there's like a dead dog or something but You'll see like a child kind of around um, playing with the other child. So when you say about um, babies, do they see things? Sometimes they see their their siblings Um, so that that child that's scary in the room is not necessarily a demon. It could be a child that's around their brothers and sisters.
0: Here's one for you, because I've wondered this one because I did mention my dad a little bit earlier and I do have a daughter who has a disability. Um, Just for people in general, uh, this might be something I think a lot of people are interested in hearing. If someone dies very sick, like let's say if they smoke their whole life, they have an oxygen tank and they die. Will they reappear as a spirit in good health or will they have that oxygen tank? Will they have a disability still? Will they be a mute? Will they be blind? Will they be deaf the way they died? How do they come back as spirits? Do you get to choose? Like that's something that I think a lot of people would like to know to have some sort of peace or closure.
1: Okay. Um, so you know how like sometimes we see in religion, like you'll see the guy walk up with the crutches in church and or you know, on the podcast and all of a sudden somebody'll grab the forehead and says, You're you're heel, throw those crutches down.
2: <laughs> yep. um,
1: that that's a reality, really But it's more like in heaven. Um, When I have had people that um, have had disorders where they can't see, they can't talk, or they can't walk, or they're in a wheelchair, they will acknowledge that, okay? They will acknowledge, hey, um, one of my legs got cut off or something like that. But then they'll show me standing up. So they're not necessarily like that. There are times when I'll see an old man laying in the bed and, you know, he might be really, really sick. And he'll show me the photo of him when he was really young and looked like James Dean. And so I'll ask him, like, is that how you look like now? And, and they'll say yes. So I think that you kind of become the version you want to be, not so much the old man. It's not like you're Gandalf over there with the beard and in the snow. You're... You're your best. I, I I feel your spirit, really, honestly. You're not really a, a form, but when you come back and appear to someone like myself, you can appear how you want to. So yeah, I don't sense that they have the same limitations that they would have had in the physical body. They don't at all. But I will tell you something that's interesting, um, and, and it 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 helped a lot of people accept their children. Because I know I've read people, like I'll read a girl, for instance, she might be gay. And, um, you know, she's dead, okay? And I'm reading the mom or the dad and I'll say, well, this feels like a boy, but she's a girl. And I said, her energy is like a boy. And so I'll say to them, see, you're pre- you're, a lot of times people are born the way they are and they energetically feel that way. And so that helps, I think, a lot of parents to understand that, you know, hermaphrodites are not, people are born that way. And so their energy comes back the same way because that's how they work. And so I think that that's kind of helpful too, to know that you you don't have the limitations. You don't have the physical harm or the physical pain or the physical um, deterioration of body. You're not like if you're in an accident, you don't come back dismantled. You come back in all one piece. Looking really good, actually. Um, sometimes they look even better because um, I think they choose what they want to look like. So I'm going to choose my best look, probably like 1987 when I was like 110. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like that. You know, that's a misconception that people feel that um, you know if they were like you said, crippled or they had some kind of disability, they're going to come back like that. Now, even in the dreams, a lot of times when you dream of your loved ones. You often see them in their best state. You don't see them. And I've, I've heard of people, too, that dream, like, say someone couldn't walk, they're walking. And that's mm-hmm. just, it's just validation that, yes, they appear how they're wanting to appear because that's not the limitations of Earth in this physical body anymore.
0: That's very <sighs> A lot of people out there, I can tell you that right now. A lot of people right now are probably, like, oh thank goodness, you know, like this person who was born blind can see now in the afterlife. So at least they can they can not suffer in the afterlife. So that's very refreshing. Now let me ask you this. Have you ever talked to any well known spirits? Like 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 Michael Jackson, did he ever come back and say he he, Or like like tell you anything about himself? Or have you talked to any well known spirits? I
1: honestly would never want to talk talk to michael jackson because i truly think he was guilty and i have many reasons to believe that but that's neither here nor there and i'll probably lose some fans about that but i'm right and i I accept that but yeah i will tell you one time i was um in the bathtub because i used to meditate a lot in the don't now i could be delusional but i'm just going to accept this i had a visit visit from prince for sure i mean i just know that it was prince and I was fangirling out. And then I think I tried to call some of my friends and tell them. They are like, girl, are you crazy. I said, no, you don't understand. It was Prince. Like, it was so Prince. And then he, he like, gave me the lyrics to this song. that is a Prince song that I've never really heard. Because we only really listen to Prince songs that, you know, I've only listened to the popular Prince songs. I've never, like, really bought a lot of his albums. So when he gave me a song... I was like, "Oh shit, that's really Prince," and and so I don't care if nobody believes it. I know that I had a visit from Prince, and I fangirled all in the bathtub. And <laughs> that's awesome. That I'm
0: is so kidding. cool. <laughs> all right, so tell us a little bit about Second Sight Paranormal TV.
1: So we we kind of, um, I've always, a goal of mine is to put some chocolate, um, some legitimate chocolate psychic medium on television. And so I've been waiting on a network and have had some opportunities. They haven't unfortunately panned out. And so I'm just like one of those girls. I take the, the ball by the horns or the bull by the horns. The balls too. <laughs> but I take <laughs> the bull by the horns so We started a, a like a local television show called Second Sight Paranormal TV. And so I got some really cool friends of mine that like to ghost hunt. We go to locations and we try to see if it's haunted, debunked it or not. And so we just started like an episode where we're on every week um, on a couple of different stations here. Um, and we just filmed another one, too. And so we because of COVID, we stopped filming. So we're, we've we come back to filming. But it was it's just like one of my my dreams is to um follow me around because I, I literally every place I go, it's a TV show. I mean, every, every restaurant, every, every place I go is, is a TV episode of kind of like I would say <clears throat> the black version of the Long Island medium. And so um, yeah, I want to either be on a television show about the paranormal because I just I haven't seen enough color um, for mediums on television. Mm-hmm. And even some of the mediums mm-hmm. that I do love on television, they're awesome. But I just think that, you know, we all are different. And so I think my special, my special abilities, um, are kind of unique because I do lots of things that they don't do. Plus some chocolate. And I think I need to be on television because who doesn't like chocolate? I'm white, chocolate, brown, chocolate, I'm all of them. I'm mixed all in one. Milk chocolate. Yeah.
0: I do agree with you. And it's it's funny because you mentioned paranormal state a little while ago. And, um, the guy, one of the guys from the show lives in my neighborhood. His name is Sergei Pobrezny. He lives in my neighborhood. He's a he's about a couple streets down from me. And he's going to be on the show eventually. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. And it's like a weird like circle thing here that we got going on here. Like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's like we're all like kind of tied together somehow. So I think that's kind of cool.
1: Well, I can upgrade that. So um, when I literally came out of the psychic closet per se, um, my first paranormal convention, uh, I believe my first convention um, that I actually attended was the Paranormal State Unicon in Pennsylvania. And mm-hmm. it was when I met Sergey and, and Brian, or I mean, I met everybody. And then from mm-hmm. that point, I started to kind of like travel among the different paranormal um, events. Um, and so it's kind of like I got hooked into the whole scene. But that was one of my first conventions that I flew out to. And I made a lot of friends. Like, I met Paranormal Sarah there. Um, I met Lorraine Warren there, (laughs) which I was scared of her. Oh, my God. (laughs) She was actually totally cool. Um, But we took pictures, and there was so much foggy, like, ghost stuff around us. It was crazy. But I'm not going to lie. I was, like, totally afraid to meet her because I knew she had a whole bunch of, like, Stuff around her energetically, and I was like, Don't rub it off on me, keep your stuff over there. <laughs> but it was such an honor, um, to meet her because she is in in the paranormal field, she is a legend. She's her and her husband Ed oh, yeah. started it, you know, started mm-hmm. the whole movement in some capacity. So I felt like she was paranormal royalty, and I was so happy to be able to say that, you know, we rubbed energy.
0: I'll tell you what, those movies scared the living shit out of me. Insidious, uh, Annabelle, oh my god, those are the only movies that scare me. As a 38-year-old man, I still like, I, I I just can't sleep with my back has to be against the wall and I have to be looking at everything in front of me after I watch those movies, because they really are scary. And they live that shit, you know? Do you have anything I, that can touch that?
1: Just recently, okay, so I gotta tell you the story about this hotel in Alabama, but I can't name the hotel. Oh, please. They don't want- Everybody to know it's haunted, but it's a hotel. Okay, so I was living, I was in this room, and that black Annabelle, it's not even the Annabelle doll, it's the, it's the Raggedy Ann doll. I had a dream, I gotta say it was a dream. And I woke up in the dream, and um, I was in this room, and they had this, like, blue kind of old um, antique chair, and there was this black, uh, it was made out of black. Black like fabric. Let me explain that. But it was a Raggedy Ann doll, and it was sitting in the chair. And I woke up from that dream like I had lo- like I had died. I mean, my heart was racing because I knew it was everything of evil, and it was it was not a good feeling. And I was scared. I'd already been feeling like everybody was watching me, and I could see shadows and everything in the room. I saw a soldier standing in the room, and I told them, "Look, y'all don't scare me. Y'all don't bother me." And then I have this dream. So um, that chair was not in my, let me explain, that chair was not in my room. So they allowed me to stay another night for free, um, and I moved, we came back another week, and they put me in a different room, and guess what? That chair was in that room, and I was scared shitless. I was so scared. I was like... I was throwing crosses, all kind of prayer on that chair. And I was like, if this, like, I mean, and I told, it was so funny. I called um, one of the girls on the team and I said, Don, I said, I just saw a soldier in the door, and I said, all these shadows are moving, and you know that I told you about that chair. I said, girl, if I scream, you better run your blah, blah, blah up here right now. I said, if the door is, is locked, because I'm leaving it unlocked, I said, y'all knock that down. I was cursed. I said, you knock it down, but you come in here and save it. And it was so funny. They still ragged me about it. They say, you're the craziest medium. You, you love talking to dead people, but if they touch you, it's like on and popping in three-point four seconds you ain't Mm -hmm. having it I just don't want them touching me I like talk to me do not touch me do not shake my bed do not scare the shit out of me I'm good
0: now how do you ward them off like is there like like like, you put like a circle of garlic around your bed like how do you keep them away from you
1: I call frankincense my like super super oil I, I love frankincense I feel like that is like my um frankincense is like my holy water so if, if i had to throw a cross on it or you know do my little catholic prayers or whatever that you know everybody uses um i i feel like frankincense is my like my garlic my psychic garlic so i use that as a protection for me but a lot of times i just feel like we all have an angelic entourage we have our people i call them my peeps they keep me grounded and they keep me safe and so I knew that that was to scare me, but I wasn't in danger. But sometimes you need to be scared, I guess, in a way. (laughs) It was there. That presence was definitely there, and it was trying to scare me. And it appeared um, as a soldier, and then appeared as a doll. But I knew what it was. It wasn't a demon. Um, Sometimes there are spirits that like, you know, there are some spirits that just like to scare us because they can. And there are Mm. some spirits that are very helpful, Um, But yeah, it's free will. I mean, they they didn't mean any harm. They just were, they just, like I said, I would come back and scare some people for sure um, and definitely mess with my kids. They already know they're waiting on it.
0: (laughs) All right. Now, can you talk about your, your your show whispers from the heart radio a little bit?
1: Yeah. um, With whispers from the heart, like we're, we're trying to get back to that on Sundays at 9 PM central standard time at blog talk radio And it's basically just I interview people. I do some random readings. Um, I also started a network called Spirit Networks and Mm -hmm. spiritradionetworks.com. And what I'm trying to do is kind of get people to come on and basically do shows, do radio shows that are spiritually um, involved. But then we also want everything. And um, it's just going to be on the blog talk platform, basically. And we want to have something every week, uh, every day of the week, a different show.
0: Well, I know one show that might be interesting. (laughs) I also see that you guys travel around a lot, you know, when you were doing the, the whole thing with the paranormal TV, like you guys were all over the place. You guys haven't come to Charleston, South Carolina, and this is a very spiritual area. So I do have to say that when and if you guys ever make it down here to South Carolina... You have to invite me to one of these ghost hunts. My wife and I would love to be a part of one of these things, just to see what we can't see now. I want you to open up our minds and show us the other side and how they live. Or don't yeah. They.
1: That, that would be cool. Um, I, I think for, you know, depending on, I, I honestly don't think we'd have to, like if you were to come here or if you meet, if you go any place that you really want to tap in to um, the spirit world, just ask and and i think some of the like skeptics, like you know you can debunk the crap out of something but you do have to be open-minded but like for your dad for instance i mean do you ever find that there's anything that you feel like do you have any bluebirds in your area like do you Lots. see them ever Lots. um sometimes when you see them kind of Oh, he's the music with you. I, okay, I'm gonna I'm challenge you to try something, okay? So, okay. when you're in your car next, okay, I, I call it flipping through stations. So, like, ask your dad trying to, you know, um, get a message to me if there's something you want to. I'm gonna flip through these stations like, flip, 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 flip till you wanna flip, right? And then, whatever yeah. station. It lands on, let that be message to me, okay? And then you listen to the lyrics of the song and see if it relates. Now, if you get speaking, because sometimes we have commercials, just wait for the next random song and see if that song in any way connects to you, if it brings back a memory, if the lyrics are saying something to you, and then take that as a sign. And then as you acknowledge more things like the noises in your house, um, you'll find that he'll give you more things. Now, I know you mentioned a girl, but um, so a lot of times there's a name connection carried on when somebody were to say, like, the name is connected. So it could be like you're the senior. I mean, he's a senior, you're the junior. You have the father, the grandfather's middle name. You have his middle name. Y'all both have the same name or you have a child out with his name. But sometimes they mention things like that, like it's mentioned for you. So it's probably a name connection that he would acknowledge. Uh-huh. And the other thing, too, that I was, I don't know if you caught me laughing earlier. And I felt a little sadistic, to be honest, because I felt like I could lay you <laughs> That doesn't sound right. I felt like I could lay you down, right? And so, you know, like, so. below your, your, there's your belly button, right? <laughs> and then below, I don't know what he was trying to show me. I felt perverted. Anything weird like somewhere in that area?
0: Yeah, there's something weird going on down there, yes. (laughs) I felt Uh really
1: weird. Okay, I'm not even gonna talk (laughs) about I felt perverted. Please tell your wife I'm not perverted, but I was like, I'm not laying him down and look I don't know what I don't even wanna know. I don't wanna know. So okay, we're gonna leave that alone.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> <that a> <laughs> oh, Erica! I'm not I'm, I'm telling you. You have been very, very entertaining tonight, and uh, I and, and I really do encourage you to get back to the to the radio show because you're you're very good at this, and I think you have a lot to say and a lot to teach other people. Now, I know. Like we've gone a while, and uh, we only planned on like a certain time frame. But I mean, like th- th- these things just get going. And when you feel like you have a good connection with somebody, you just want to keep it going as long as you can. I do ask that you come back here, and you probably saw this coming, being a clairvoyant and being someone who can see things in the future to come back on this show, and we can to do some. More. I
2: have
1: questions for you though, because I get like scatterbrained and I zone out a lot when you're you talking. Do. And so I have one quick question. Do you have any cremation in your house? Like, is your dad cremated for whatever reason?
0: No, we buried him regular. Uh, He was a very strict Christian. And um, yeah, we buried him in the ground. No cremations, even though I want to be cremated because I don't want anybody or worms eating me in the ground.
1: I agree, but that's not what I'm getting. Is there any cremation in your house at all? Like, none at all? No. Never been? me no okay, I'm mm-hmm. so wrong about that what about
2: um,
1: okay I'm gonna still work on that because I see like some kind of stuff. and I also have another quick question about the backyard do you know if you have any animals buried like a dog over there to the left hand side
0: yes we do yes we do as a matter of fact the lady who owned the house before has had a bunch of small dogs
1: I bet you've been in that house before because I can see it on a fireplace mantle in a white vase you got Wouldn't it. I be there.
0: You. Ooh, <laughs> this is a little weird. <laughs> okay. You're creeping me out now. Please don't that's send any really spirits to my house.
1: Weird. Okay, so I got, I'm on white tile now, or white like hard floor, and I'm going down the hallway.
0: Don't you know about? listen. If you open up <laughs> oh, that door and walk in this room, I'm going to be freaked the fuck out. <laughs> All right.
1: All right, I'm gonna leave it alone. But that's don't, it's like weird. I don't know how I deal with. What it, what
2: I do is
0: just leave or I just do it because we do have a tile in our in our living room area. It, it, it's like a kitchen slash living room. It's a white tile, and then it does lead to a hallway that is where I'm talking right now. And if that door swings open, <laughs> if that door <laughs> swings open, I might have a heart attack, and then I'll be haunting you. <laughs>
1: okay, <laughs> you'll be talking to me. You won't haunt me. You'll just
0: we'll be cool. We'll be like, hey, I'll try my best. <laughs> All right, Erica. So tell everyone out there where they can find you.
1: Okay, so you can find me at Uh You can find me at ericaboosterhaney.com. Um, you can find me any place on the internet. Just look for Erica Psychic and I always spell my name with the C and a K. Uh, I, I,
0: I love it. And uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun tonight, seriously. This has been one of my favorite shows. If not my favorite show that I've done so far, I talk to a lot of people, but this one is very eye-opening and enlightening. And I'm going to sleep with a nightlight on tonight.
1: Ah, oh, you'll be fine. Just sprinkle a little salt around your bed, and I won't
0: come haunt you too bad. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Now I feel like I'm going to have a weird dream tonight. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right, everybody, please follow Erica Haney. Did I say it right this time?
1: It sounds great.
0: It's, I, it's, I, I'm man, like I, with, I
1: like I like all the variations of it, the way people pronounce it. I, I'm so happy with it because um, it is such a unique name, and it works very well for me because I think it it brings such diversity that I don't have. My husband is from Morocco, and so the okay. name comes from his his lineage. But a lot of times people will look at me and they say, oh, she's got to be from New Orleans. So it works in my favor. It sounds like I'm French and people are afraid of me. So my neighbors know not to mess with me. So it's all good.
0: Oh, boy. Now, I feel like our next one that we do together, we're going to have a lot more areas to cover, a lot more topics to discover and a lot more things just to talk about. Because I love talking to people with interesting backgrounds. And you are by far the most interesting person I've talked to, Erica. I do appreciate you coming on the show. And I hope to have you back on again.
1: Most definitely nerd. Thank you so much for having me in any time. Okay.
0: Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by charlottesweb.com. Ladies and gentlemen, if you love CBD just as much as I do, I need it. So you need it. We all need it. If everybody had CBD in our life, we wouldn't be so fucking at each other's throats all the time. I said a couple of uh, podcast episodes ago about cbdmedic.com kind of going the way of the wayside. Well, they didn't, they merged. We all went to a bigger and much, much more well-known company called Charlotte's Web. And that's something that needs to happen more in business and life in general is everyone needs to kind of get together and make something bigger, something bigger than yourself. And that's what CBD Medic did with Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web is one of the most well-known names in podcasting. People talk about this all the time. People talk about this all the time in the CBD world. They are entrepreneurs, pioneers in the game. These guys are huge business. And I'll tell you what. They are not so big that they forgot about the little man because they gave us a code to give to you guys. VOM10. This will get you any fucking order. Over $150. You will get the coolest product I've ever heard of with CBD. This is an a, a active sports stick. So anytime you spend $150 or more, use the code VOM10. You get a free active sports stick, which is phenomenal. You can use this thing on any part of your body if you're an active person. You go out there and you just do anything physical. You take the sports stick. you rub it on your part of your body. There's also a spray version, spray it on that injured, affected part of your body, and within minutes you will feel great. This thing will alleviate any pain. It will, It is phenomenal. And if that's not your thing, you're spending 150 bucks to get this free sportsick. Why not get a free sportsick? Spend 150 bucks. Take advantage of all their products. They have uh, all sorts of shit, rubs, lotions, tinctures, tunctures, all sorts of things that you probably can't even pronounce. So many cool different products, different topics. Everything tastes great. Charlotte's Web has a 100% money-back guarantee on products you may or may not like. But you will get to keep the free active sports stick. But you have to use the code VOM10 at checkout. Spend 108 bucks or more. If you don't like the product, simply send it back and keep the free sports stick. But you won't send it back because you're going to be so fucking on cloud nine. You won't even be able to make it to the mailbox to send it back because you're going to feel so good and relaxed. For the first time in your life by using charlottesweb.com, using the code VOM10products, that you will not know what to do with yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, take it from the nerd. I would never, ever steer you wrong. Until I do. But this is not one of those cases. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Podbean.com. Yes, Podbean.com. Have you ever wanted to get your voice heard by millions upon millions of people around the globe? Are you too dumb to start up your own website professionally? Are you too dumb to start up your own podcast? Are you so dumb that you don't know? (laughs) I'm sorry. Are you me? Because that's basically me describing myself. You know, when we got into this podcasting game about two years ago, um, it was very hard to find a good platform out there, someone that gave us the voice and the opportunity and the tools to make our dreams and vision become a reality. Well, let me tell you something. Podbean.com made it simple, easy, and effective, cost-effective, very cheap, to sit there and get your voice out there. And I know the time all that is you get what you pay for, but in this case, you get 10 times more than what you pay. I mean, these guys are getting, like, we're robbing them, basically. And I'm going to tell you something, man. You better jump in on this deal now because right now, everyone's at home. Everyone's got a lot to say, a lot of things in their mind. Podcasts are popping up all over the place, and there's no better place than podbean.com to start your own podcast. They make everything easy. Even a dumbass like myself was able to make a website, can produce a podcast, can put things out there, and just have all sorts of different Outlets and they make it simple for you to get on, you know, Apple and all the big shots like Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, all these other big name places that you can get your podcast seen and heard. They do it for you and they make you just basically walk through baby steps through this process. I mean, they make it so simple and easy. And to sweeten the deal, if you go to slash VOM Podcast 10 that's VOM Podcast 10 using our code. They're going to give you five free hours of podcasting space to see if you like it, which you will. And if you don't, no harm to you. There's no risk, tons of reward, just to try it out. So give it a shot. www.podby.com slash vompodcast10 and get your voice heard. And lastly, this podcast is brought to you by <laughs> my good friends here. I tell you what, man, I fucking love these guys, and I'm so glad they're back. I never had so much fun recording a podcast, commercial, for my friends at manscape.com I'm so happy they're back, ladies and gentlemen, because I missed them. I mean, it's been a while since I talked about them, since I was allowed to talk about these guys, and holy shit, my balls have never been happier. I, I, I was crying in the shower the other day, and I was using this cheap-ass shaver, I'm not even going to use the name, I bought it at Walmart for fucking 30 bucks, and I'm shaving my nuts, and all of a sudden, I just howled in pain, and I cried for the first time in my adult life. Well, for the first time this month, actually. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. And blood was trickling all at the bottom, little droplets. And I said, I said, screw it, and I stopped. And I was half shaved, and I was walking around with a half roll of my balls. Horrible, horrible experience. So I did what I could do, and I picked up the phone, I called Manscaped, and I said, please come back. Please sponsor the show. And they were like, all right, fine. Here you go, nerd. Here's a nice new product for you. Here is the Lawnmower 3.0. This thing is amazing. Just the design, the engineering on this thing is beautiful. I mean, a long 3.0 trimmer is designed with a compact shape for easy maneuvering while wet or dry. This thing's waterproof. More waterproof than your stupid iPhone 20 or whatever the hell they're at now. It's just amazing. It's got the skin-safe technology. That's the perfect tool for an incredible grooming experience. It's very sleek. I mean, you you can travel with it, and it's also wireless. So you can charge it, and you pick it up. You can bring it in there with you so you don't have to worry about accidentally electrocuting yourself in the goddamn shower. They also got other products, too, like the Weed Whacker, which I need because as an old man who's starting to get gray hairs now, my nose hairs are really long, and the weed whacker, you just jam this thing, in there like Arnold Schwarzenegger from Total Recall, and just move it around in your fucking nose, and instead of pulling out that little ball that he had that was tracking him, with, with, with whoever else chasing him, it's gonna pull out those nasty nose hairs. It's like going in a backyard and ripping out weeds, but it's painless. You don't feel any pain at all. You don't get those nasty scents of batteries that you get from all those cheap ass ones. This one's amazing. The skin safe technology as well, Something I cannot brag enough about with these guys. You do not hurt yourself. You don't have droplets of blood. You don't hurt yourself at all. It's amazing. You can go as hard as you want. You, you just pull it, you just pull that sack back and you just fucking go to town on yourself. Before you know it, you're going to be smooth. Smooth as my head. And my, my bald head. I love this thing. You could use it on your fucking head. You could use it on your armpits, your mustache, your every place on your body. You can use this thing. And I'm telling you what. The ladies are going to love you for it because you're going to be as smooth as a baby's butt. It's amazing. The battery life is phenomenal. They got a 600 mAh lithium ion battery, hold the charger up to 90 minutes. You can shave your whole body five times in 90 minutes, even more, depending on how tall or you know, short you are. It's such a phenomenal. They send you all sorts of stuff and there's a lot of different things that you can get as well. There's a crop reviver, keeps your balls cool. The crop preserver keeps them nice and shave free And the cleanser. It romances your stones. It's basically a hair and body wash. It makes you feel really good. But Ball Deodorant. Whoever thought of Ball Deodorant? Only these guys. I'm serious. They are the best company out there. Very innovative, and we're happy to have them back. There's so many different things. Here's some testimonials for you. 85% of women think bad grooming is a major turnoff. 80% of women think men should trim below the belt. Those other 20 women are dirty fucking skeezers. 89% of men think grooming is essential to their professional success. So thank you, men. We're actually moving up in the rank. There's 11 dirty bastards out there, 11% of dirty bastards, but... We'll get to them. And if you get this right now, there's an exclusive offer. You get free boxers and a travel bag. So you can put all these tools in there. And $109.99, you get every single product. And you get a money back guarantee. And the cool thing about that hundred ninety nine $109.99 plan is it's every three months. So you get fresh products. You're always fresh and trim. Your ladies are going to be all over. You're going to have to beat them off with a stick, all right? You're going to look phenomenal. You're going to smell phenomenal. And the best thing is, you're just going to get some free gifts like that fucking Manscaped boxers. I mean, it's going to keep your dick all where it's supposed to be. And that bag is amazing. It's really sleek. It's a leather bag. It's going to keep all your stuff protected. So get on this right now, manscaped.com, and use our code VOM10, VOM10 at manscaped.com, and please do it. And you'll save tons of money. You're going to save $80 off the retail price. So normally, it'd be one sixty nine ninety nine. For the Perfect Package 3.0, you're going to get it for $89. You're going to go for the the best package, the $109.99. Normally, that's $197, so that you're going to save even more money the more packages that you get to protect your package. Why wouldn't you do this, ladies and gentlemen? Go to manscaped.com, bom M one zero.